0: Warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am my I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that i don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not to worry Look, about it. Hey, them. Dave, I know exactly sorry, sorry, what I you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock
1: around is the
0: solution. Johnny. Dave. We've talked about this before. I bet we have. But that's true. Most everything. But I just can't shut up about Methodical Coffee. Oh,
1: man. I know. It truly has changed the game of my morning every
0: morning. What do you think your game was before this? It
1: was embarrassing. Oh, okay. And now it's something I want to
0: brag about. <laughs> well, let's continue to brag about it. I also heard that Methodical Coffee was voted one of the best roasters in America by Gear Patrol. And boy, do I agree. I agree, too. Yeah. Now, it makes sense, right?
1: Methodical yeah. roasts their coffees to best express the life it lived. Mm. They respect the bean, Ugh. the place, the weather, the soil, and to honor the skilled people who cultivated it. Truly makes one magical cup of coffee. Oh my gosh, it truly does. does.
0: Methodical offers a wide variety of flavor profiles that range from classics that are bold, chocolatey, which is how I describe you. Contemporary that are medium bodied -bodied and fruity, which is kind of how I describe myself. And all the way to avant garde that push the normal coffee conventions.
1: Now the best thing is, Methodical roasts coffee to order, so you're always receiving the freshest
0: bean possible. So let's share the good news with everyone. Okay. If you visit methodicalcoffee.com for more information, you can use the discount code DADVILLE, Dadville. and watch out watch out for the autocorrect Danville, which because <laughs> it's going to try that on you, for 10% off your first order.
1: If if, if you put in Danville, you have to pay 10% more, yeah. so really watch that. <laughs> that's, now that's methodicalcoffee.com and use the discount code DADVILLE, Dadville for 10% off your first order get your coffee on
0: boom wait respect the bean that's what you gotta respect the bean hi i'm dave barnes and i'm john mclaughlin and welcome to dadville Dadville is a
1: podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dating. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with John
0: Foreman. Hey, hey, yep. <laughs> so, Wait, um, I'm not ready. Now I'm ready. Now you're <laughs> okay. Here we go. You a vocal warm up. Um. John, would you just tell me how close are you to the water right now? How long would it take on a? Like, I don't a, want not to know, but Tell us, don't like a a walk, not a brisk walk, like a leisurely stroll.
2: It take a take a long way, ways to, to walk there, but it's like a maybe a five ten minute drive from here. Okay, okay, okay,
0: okay. I'm less jealous.
2: And I'm are you in jealous.
1: the water every day? I picture you like <clears throat> sun is coming up and you're catching a wave as the sun is hitting your face.
2: Um, that that was a little bit more of the story before I had kids, mm, and no. then um, now it's more like the sun is coming up and I'm feeding my son a banana.
1: <laughs>
2: that feels Which right. Which also
1: me. has its challenges. Yes, yes. It's yes. Just much like it requires core away. strength. Yes, mm. that's right.
0: Yeah, agility, agility. <laughs> so do you? I mean, how how much are you able to serve a week? Now
2: um well I mean gosh during 2020 and now yep. into 2021 I'm surfing a lot. Okay. You know um once a day it's just it's oh, good wow. exercise and it's it's a beautiful meditative Mm. pursuit that reminds you of how small you are and how small your problems are you know yeah
0: that's great how what is a um i know this because i surf all the time this is more a question i'm just asking for john (laughs) but like how how long is a normal sesh like how long are you out there well first of all you can turn that like low radio (laughs) voice on and off pretty pretty well that's that's impressive i don't want to say it's a spiritual gift but it is a gift
2: (laughs) so my i'd say like Two hours is about standard. Oh wow, okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. And it's and just you're...
1: it goes by like that when you're out there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a blast. I mean it's I think it's it's a it's a strange thing because it's almost like some people go for a run or they mm-hmm. play racquetball right. or something. Um I
1: what's the overlap on racquetball and surfing? A lot of the same. <laughs> what's the big A lot of guys like opening up the hatchback <laughs> and their racquetball gear falls out as they're getting their surfboard out. Or is
2: there was there was actually a racket sport, um, like a shop There was like a shack right on the beach that that reminds me of, but it was busted later because they were selling drugs. So I don't know the yeah, cross That section. feels right.
0: That actually feels right to me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's a lot of
1: multitasking.
0: So uh, one last question about surfing. And you have to be honest, don't lie, because people, because God hears one and two people are going to be, you're going to be responsible to people who respond to this question. How many sharks do you see on average? You don't see too many sharks. I'm not lying. Everyone's, everyone is freaked out about sharks. Well your
1: answer right there where you're like, you don't see too many sharks that means you see sharks it's already
2: too many so that
1: there's only two answers
2: <laughs> but it'd be like saying like um do you do you see wildlife? do you see wolves ever when you're you know or a bear or whatever it, I think it's like when you see it it reminds you, wow, I am in nature I'm a part of something bigger than myself, but it's not a common occurrence you know you but, but like how, ha- right so
0: how many how many have you seen in your lifetime of surfing because you surf a lot um not too many where i live we really
2: because we we saw we've been seeing more and more we saw a, my brother and i we were just about to paddle out the other day and we see this this uh white shark breach <clears> and we're both like I hope it got what it needed, and then we just paddled out, <laughs> and you just and then, went out
0: yeah wait so so isn't wow. that code, which you already are sort of you're sort of sidestepping the question because when you say white shark, that's like surfer code or what you tell your mom when it's really a great white right
2: there's well there's not anything there's i don't know if <laughs> anything is like a medium
0: white or a <laughs> like decent white or I don't know <laughs> mediocre white shark yeah I think that's how I describe my ethnicity is medium white medium white yeah mediocre white yeah <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> that just sounds like something you tell your wife when she's like um I heard that y'all saw a shark and you're like it was a white and she's like, oh, that sounds like a baby nurse shark. And then in yeah. your brain, you're like, it's just not all the truth. That's all. It's just withholding a little. Sure. It's one adjective. Ju- Ju- <laughs> juvenile white. There's, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> it looked like it was leaving. Oh, wow. That scares me to death. That's I- amazing.
2: I mean, oh. that's And amazing. you still paddled out. So I've got a friend in South Africa who he feels like it's his job to bring people right to the edge of their own death. Oh because I don't like him he feels like we in our postmodern society, have mm. developed this this incubated existence where we are seldom aware of our own demise, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, you know,
2: and i i I definitely can relate to that. I feel like we push the cemeteries to the outside of town, we don't want to talk mm. about death, we don't want to think about it, mm-hmm. um but there is something beautiful about that awake moment where you you realize oh wow this is precious this is incredible that I'm here and alive um and he the funny thing is so he took us out in these huge waves in South Africa his name's Dougal and he's an animal and I love him and he took us out in these huge waves in South Africa and he the whole time before we paddle out which we're, we're terrified of the waves um the whole time he's he he says you you guys mind if I pray for a second I'm like Okay, you know that sounds that sounds great. Let's do this. I'll take whatever you got. And he he prays, Lord, I pray that you'd save us from the mouth of these great white sharks, these foul beasts with rows and rows of teeth. That you know, and we're like, I, I wasn't even thinking about the sharks. What are you doing with me, man? But yeah, South Africa. That's that's where that's real. Yeah, yeah. those are big sharks. Yeah. 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 I do. I
1: do feel like I agree with everything that you're saying, and I, uh, your, your friends, like philosophy. That's a concept. Look, I am on board with, and I would love to get coffee and just kind of chat about on the abs- abstract concepts of that and how much I agree with it. Um, but I will say, and I do feel like when you when you talk to somebody who had some sort of like near death experience, I do feel like, man, what a gift! Like if I could somehow. Thread that needle. I know you come out on the other side and like colors are brighter and you love your wife more and everything is like better. Right. But I, but I'm just saying I play tennis every day. I love, ten- I would play tennis all day, every day. But if I go to the courts and there is <laughs> a, a grizzly bear, even walking the other way, I'm not going to play tennis that day. I'm not playing tennis. You know what I mean? Even if it were uh, just a white shark, and I know it can't even move because it's out of water i still wouldn't and it was like three courts away i still wouldn't go play
0: tennis. that's the analogy to me is it would be it would be basically like if there was a park of tennis courts and it's the size of a football field so there's a lot of them because right. i mean john you're out there but you're thinking that shark could be anywhere man it could be a it's mile just... away at this point it's but but it would be to me the equivalent of john you rock up with your racket and it's a huge you know there's 20 tennis courts but you see over on court 17 a grizzly bear and it's right. just you and your partner playing, and you've always got an eye, on it, but you still—you've made a decision. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the I mean, question if is
1: like a nine-year-old with a slingshot. I keep driving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, is does the question is is a grizzly? Is he have a good like, you know, serve? I mean, yeah. yeah. Is, is he well, a good player? You know, I mean, that's true.
1: That's true, too. That's another angle that I hadn't thought of. See, there's <laughs> the artist I mean. in you coming out.
2: So you, are you grizzly phobic is what it is. I think <laughs> can't I'm going to get just blasted play? on Twitter what? once this comes out. <laughs> Why
0: yeah. can't grizzly just play <laughs> tennis in peace for the love of Peter? Um, John, it is so good to have you on. So we start, we start these, um, these uh, episodes with what we call the brag sheet, which is all the amazing things you've done in the world. For those who uh, don't already know, which I would assume everybody who listened to this would know this about you, but this is, it. and it's also just to intimidate us and put us, it's sort of like you seeing a great white as us reading the brag sheets. It's a very, <laughs> we realize our place in the world. Uh, uh, I would def this is where I, I would say I have a juvenile shark, if not an infant white at that point. Um, yeah. But this is truly amazing. I mean, you have a new album that just came out, which is, I think, your 930th piece of music you've released which is always amazing but this is amazing so highlights with switchfoot you know everybody knows you're in one of the greatest bands of all time uh and i'm saying that that's all caps on all those words um over 555 million career u.s streams with more than 6.3 million in career u.s album consumption so that's we're coming in hot john we're coming in these are hot i don't
2: those i don't know where you got those numbers (laughs) those are
0: okay. Just hey, just this is part of the game. Seven um, RIAA certifications, Grammy Wharf rock album, Hello Hurricane live performances on basically every show you can play on, music featured on Grey's Anatomy, ESPN, One Tree Hill, et cetera. That's what Switchfoot. Now, this is what's so fun about you. And then here's your own stuff. Over 58 million career U.S. streams with more than 291,000 in career U.S. album consumption. You've got all these EPs. You released a documentary film, which is so cool, 25 and 24, chronicling the the attempt to play 25 shows in 24 hours, which I get tired immediately thinking about. Uh, Grammy, Grammy Award-winning songwriter. And this is the coolest one to me maybe of all those things. Name one of Relevant magazines, Ten People Who Changed Everything, which I would put on a bumper sticker, probably some something on my coat where people could see that. Uh, maybe like a little neck tat, just right at the bottom. You know, that's kind of like the. Uh, oh, I have uh, You gotta see it. Do, there, yeah, there? I can see yeah. it. I didn't want to say it, it looks oh, like it's it in is. Hebrew, with respect <laughs> to that. Uh, <laughs> Sanskrit. <laughs> it says "Make reasonable choices" right across there. So, reading that, we always ask this: hearing those things about your life and these incre- you know incredible accomplishments, and how do you feel hearing all that? Like, what does your brain do?
2: I want to just fast forward so we can talk again. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly, none of those things really make, uh, those are a lot of numbers. And yeah, I don't know what to do with them. them. Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel you. I got to tell you, John and I were talking as we were talking about this episode, which we were so excited about, uh, cause not only do we love the music that you put out, but I, we both have such a huge respect for who you are. But one of the things that I had to start with, so f- rewind to, uh, a, uh, a, Slightly Husky, Dave Barnes, in junior year of high school. I'm, I'm in a band. I'm playing drums. We feel pretty good about ourselves. We're not like God's gift to rock and roll, but we're like pretty good. I go to a Christian music store in Knoxville, Tennessee, that was actually pretty amazing, this this music store. It had like the five CD things. You could listen to any CD they had. You remember those days where it's oh, like yeah. you could just sit in uh, a the music store for hours? Yep. Yeah. Cedar, Cedar Springs Christian bookstore. I go in. And there's this album out by this man called Switchfoot called Legend of Chin. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to this. I put it in. And you, if, you had, if you could have had a close-up of my face when I started listening to it, you saw dreams extinguished. Because I was like, how are people this close to my age this good? And it was a real... At the same time, thinking, this is some of the greatest music that I've ever heard. It was a really weird jewel emotion. <laughs> it was like, I could not love this band more. I'm only four songs into this, uh, bought it immediately. And also feeling like I've got to rethink a career path because this is not where me and my band Didn't are. Didn't you get
1: an application at the bookstore? <laughs> I did. That's, that's when I started that. serving <laughs> coffee there. Um,
0: <laughs> but I, I mean, and then from there, just keeping up, I mean, with, with you guys over the years, but I, it was such a hysterical moment because Jenny, like, we thought, like, we we're pretty good. We're like, you know, and I remember feeling like, okay, this, is, uh, this album is so good. And then seeing that you guys were like somewhat close ages, I was like, freaking A, dead comment why did i have to listen to this album of all the albums i still i mean i love that album i was listening to it this morning that album is so good to me
2: well i'm honored man that's i mean that's a real honor that, i i look back up at with fondness on those first records because i genuinely think that there was very little skill and just a lot of wonder <laughs> you know we were just like i don't know let's throw paint you know <laughs> When that That's that reaction, like that, Dave was
1: having was happening, like yeah, across the state, all over. Like my brother, I've got a brother who's six years older than me, and he's a drummer as well. And he was in a band in college that would I don't think they would have existed if you did not exist. Like if Switchfoot <laughs> did not exist, this band would not have existed. And they like I feel like they they would have been just as happy to get up on stage and just talk about switchfoot and then like play a switchfoot (laughs) song and (laughs) i mean like they that that was my introduction to Switchfoot. i think it was new way to be human was the first thing i heard and uh and i was just starting out playing music and writing some songs and that was my like they were like look little brother like here's the mountaintop (laughs) okay you're never gonna reach it
0: look at them poised up there with their surfboards (laughs) that was (laughs) the other thing john that was so funny is is being that age because how how old were you guys when you made that record
2: um my brother was still in high school and so we were really young and i remember we recorded on christmas break because we we, he was out of school and i was in college and where where did
0: y'all record that
2: it was in San Diego at a place called Signature Sound, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and did you? Who produced it? Jimmy Lee Sloth. Oh my gosh, that's right. Who so so I love. He's, he's still, amazing. He's still here in Nashville, killing, killing the bass. He you know, is. it's it's that that was the other thing that was so funny about that season too, because it came with this other cool thing that was not only are these guys great at music, but they're all. I remember the rumor was like everybody was professional surfers, and I was like, okay, that's that's. They're already cool, but you can't. Don't up the thing with like, yeah, right. and then on the side they just make amazing music when they're not shredding the gnar. No, you know what I
2: mean, there's. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing, the surfing thing is, we love surfing and we still surf all the time. But, um, yeah, like we, the surfing thing's funny because there's only like ten or twenty surfers that actually make money. Everyone oh, else is, for real, you know, like it's not like football where yeah you can right. be like second string quarterback for a no-name team and still yeah, afford yeah. a house. Right. It's like yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're in the top 40 and you're, you still might be paying for, you know, stuff that you're like, oh, I can't afford that, you know. It's for real. I, yeah, so like. Oh, wow. Surfing and I was. Similar viewed, to music then. Yeah, I always yeah. viewed music and surfing in the same way where I was like, I'm always going to surf and I'm always going to play music, but the goal mm-hmm. is just to graduate college and, and get a real job you know ah, like the real right. job sir, even the first like 3 records we were like this is a blast but there's no way anyone can actually make money playing music that's ridiculous yeah. huh. and and i think it it kind of influenced um our approach all the way through like it was we tour with that kind of punk rock do it yourself ethic like right. we drove the minivan and fit everything in and um save all the money we could we would like spray paint t-shirts in the parking lot kind of thing. And it was, we had so much fun, but we never thought of it as like, we're going to dominate. We're going to yeah, make this yeah, into, yeah. into a career, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so tell us this, so this, this, I think this is such a cool part of your story. So you grew up, are you from San Diego? Is that right? Yeah, I grew up, I mean, we moved around a ton when I was a
2: kid, but from like, yeah, from high school on San Diego was home.
0: Okay. And, 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 uh, how many of the, how many siblings you have? I have just my brother and I, and he, he and I started the band with Chad. Oh, okay. It's just the two of y'all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, um, and is your, your dad's a pastor? Is that right?
2: Yeah. So, um, we grew up like we, he pastored a church in Boston. We lived there for a little while in Virginia and then back in California. So that was kind of like our understanding of the world. I think I, it was really difficult moving around as a kid, but looking back, mm-hmm. I think it taught me a lot. And I, you know, in living in the Northeast, living in the South and then living on the West Coast, I feel like I had kind of a little bit of a broader understanding of America than I would have if I just lived yeah, in Yeah, right. right. California. So right. what ages were you when you made the moves? So five till like 11 or 12, 13, we were in Boston. Okay. And then all of like junior high till high school was in Virginia.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So y'all moved to San Diego later
2: for you. Yeah. Freshman year of ninth grade, like freshman year of, of, uh, of high school. So it was like this, um, I thought I I was pretty comfortable with myself at the time. And I was like, I'll make friends. And I, you know, I love surfing at this time. And and it's going to be a great move. So I we mo- I moved in with a really good attitude. And then within like three or four months, I had no friends. And um, I, yeah, it was like I developed a stuttering problem and mm-hmm. was in a really kind of a, a, a dark spot. And mm. um, that's kind of when music, I, I started realizing I could say things in songs that I couldn't huh. say with just words. And stuttering wasn't a problem when you were singing. Right. You know. That and is my, my
1: wife moved, uh, you know, all actually l- the same ages, I think. I think she moved from Phoenix to Ohio when she was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then she moved midway through her freshman year to Indiana, mm. to a new school, like halfway through the year. That's hard. And it's like at this point in life, as we're learning things and like going to uh, counseling and reading books and Enneagram, all this stuff. She's like slowly realizing all these things about herself and how impactful those moves were, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and they really like shape your, uh, they can shape your personality for real.
2: Yeah. And I, I think so much of our postmodern understanding of ourselves is that mm. we're this malle- malleable thing that is just a mind and we forget about mm. the element of the creature, the creative, like Mm. thing that is, uh, very responding, very much responding to its environment Mm. and structures and, and friendships and relationships and the understanding of self that comes within the context of a community. Mm. And those are things that we kind of just forget about. We're like, Oh yeah, there's a job over here. Let's go. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, even music, I think music is very much shaped by place and wow.
0: who you're around, what you're thinking about. Yeah, no doubt. Johnny. Dave. We're both right. Sound the alarm. Okay? <clears throat> because...
1: We... Oh,
0: we... That's a, that's a very gentle alarm sound at the beginning of the Well, Laca.
1: I want to sound the alarm, but I also want people to know I sing. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's you know. a really good combo. I respect we that. do <laughs> uh, don't know if you know this. I'm not putting you on the spot, but Mother's Day is on the horizon, okay? Uh-huh. And on the calendar. Touche. I think this year, more than ever, yep. ever, ever, it's important to show the moms in our lives how special they are.
1: Well, it's always important, Dave. You oh, know, yeah. Amy has been so patient and caring that I really want to get her something special. Super special. Yeah. Uh so that's why I came to you okay. with any ideas. Do you have any?
0: Uh I've been throwing around some ideas. Okay. Yeah. Like a new TV, a new speaker wait. Oh, you mean for her?
1: Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it's Mother's
0: Day. Yeah, I need to I do need to find something probably for her actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something for her, just to just to be clear, and and not for you and her. That's a mistake that a lot of dads make. Really up until this and moment. And Yeah. Um, but it's not easy to express such profound love, you know? Yeah. This year, though, I'm going to share with Amy love captured in Pandora jewelry. Oh,
0: look at you, yeah. hot stuff. Pandora's a great choice, I want to affirm that. They have the perfect gift for any mother, whether it's your wife or your actual mom. Rings, earrings, necklaces, and more. You can select a style that's perfect for any mom in your life.
1: That's right. And the quality of the gift is amazing. Their jewelry is high quality and
0: meant to last. So, let mom know you'll always be by her side with the message of love that she can wear every day. Shop April 22nd to the 26th and receive a free limited edition sterling silver bangle with your Pandora purchase of $150 or more. This season, Pandora has gifts for
1: every mom with new designs in their collection of contemporary classics. They also allow you to shop in-store with Pandora's styling experts to find the perfect gift. Or you can buy online with in-store pickup and curbside pickup at select
0: locations. Mm -hmm. So please contact your local store and learn more. Listen, John, thank the mom in your life for always being there with a sparkling gift from Pandora Jewelry. And shop online or in store between April 22nd and 26th to receive a bonus gift with your $150 Pandora purchase.
1: Go to us.pandora.net slash dadville to start shopping or
0: go to a store near you. It's so nice I want to say it twice, John. That's us.pandora.net slash dadville. what was the sort of foreman, uh, household like, like, what was the, you know, what what was the sort of mood and vibe and, and, you know, what what were the personalities like there going on? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think, um, a lot
2: of people hear different things when they hear a pastor's kid Mm -hmm. and yeah. Right. It's it. And there's all forms and flavors. Um, <laughs> forms and flavor, right? Like you meet the the pastor's kid who's like, like, just out raising hell. Oh yeah, and yeah. And then yeah, yeah. there's the one who's like the goody goody two shoes. Is like, I don't know. I I think for us it was, um, in junior high I fell in love with with uh surfing and Led Zeppelin. That was like mm. it. And I think a a good example of what the the family. Uh, felt like was my dad just leaned in and he taught me how to play stairway
0: oh my gosh
2: as a pastor like for me at, at the time it didn't feel that shocking you know i was like yeah stairways like, the, it's got heaven in the title Stairway to heaven he's <laughs> a pastor he's like, Look, this is perfect you
1: can never tell any of the elders what we're doing
2: <laughs> the funny thing was he never he never said it like that and so i I show up at youth group and I'm like playing Zeppelin tunes and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> who we'll, taught you that? We'll we'll Your jam boss. later. You can't, you can't play those here, you know? <laughs> but I think that that was a big part of who I am is like, of course you can play Zeppelin, you know, yeah. like let's talk it through. And, and, um, and, and it's, it's, it's something that you can, you don't hide it. You, you, you figure it out and you talk yeah. it through, work it through and, and play it. So that's kind of how we grew up was we'd play like, we played a, you know, bar mitzvahs, we played frat parties, we played coffee shops, we played churches, we played bars and it didn't feel
0: weird. It felt like, yeah, this is another song we wrote. Yeah. So did your, was would your parents, was that sort of, I feel that way about mom, my mine. hello, 40 and slip, uh, <clears throat> I feel that way about my parents in a really wonderful way is that faith was a very functional thing. Like it wasn't this sort of, uh, overhyped, um, thing. So I never felt the weight of that. in in my family, which is real gift. Cause my dad came to faith later, you know, in his high school life, early college. So it was a very functional, wonderful thing. It wasn't this like set of rules. It wasn't the do's and don'ts. It was much like it was a relationship. And so, um, I think a gift that I got, even though he was a pastor, was that it just felt like this is something we do that's really great. It like helps our life, and it's what we believe. Um, and so music, same as you, it was never like that. In fact, one of my favorite stories to tell is that I was a part of this youth group in Knoxville, and we did a uh, secular music fast where it was like we're giving up secular music for three months, and which is actually amazing because, as you know better than, than any of us, that was when CCM, and this is like ninety four, ninety five. This is when CCM was like at its zenith. There was just so much good Christian music out, and so it really got me into Christian music. But. I came home one afternoon and I w I'd just been upstairs and I was like a dutiful first child, you know, like putting all my secular CDs up like oh, in the closet. Like I'm just feeling the, the the smile of the Lord as I'm putting up CCR and James Taylor and all the dirty, <laughs> dirty albums that they were. And I'll never forget to go downstairs. This is, one, this is one of my favorite memories of my childhood. But my dad is washing dishes in, in the sink and... He's like, hey, bud, what you doing? I was like, ah, just, uh, I just—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm, my back is straight. I'm just exuding the Holy Spirit, you know. I'm like, I just put up a bunch of CDs. He's like, oh, which one? I was like, all my secular stuff. I just put it up in the closet. He's like, well, okay. And he's—it's quiet. He's kind of washing the dish, and he looks at him. He's like, so—is it because they make you struggle as a like, yeah, man? They're secular, you know. And he goes, okay, okay. And he goes, he goes, he go, James Taylor—that makes you struggle. And I was like. Not that one, not probably not him. He's like, yeah, and it's quiet for another <laughs> moment. He's like, clear water. I was like, yeah, they, you know, it's funny. They don't either, actually. There <laughs> <laughs> was, was a beat. There was just like a little, and I turn around and walk right back upstairs and pull all my stuff <laughs> But at the, but I mean, you know, I think for me, which it sounds like was you, it, there was a there was a there was a sort of normalcy in a wonderful way to what we believed. It wasn't this like, you know sheen or things that can come with being a pastor as a kid i mean is that is that was that sort of the the the, t- the temperature of your home too is you know or was there weight with it that you had to deal with was there any sort of like burden that that came with it for, for from you know being a kid to a pastor like that
2: yeah i mean kids in general we all have really strange um struggles i mean mm. i and and i don't know that they get Easier um, mm. as you get older, but I think you're just beginning to grow into your body and the struggles that you're going to have for the rest of your life. <laughs> and you're just <laughs> kind of shaking hands with those struggles and saying, "Hello, good to meet you." Oh, so we're going to be doing this for the next, <laughs> for the next however long we're alive, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we we've got we work with a lot of organizations in San Diego that that some of them deal with homeless kids, and I I think mm. of these kids and I'm like, um you know, when I first heard homeless kids, I thought they would be like, like Island of the Lost, kind of like wild. And and some of them like, look the part and, and a really cool looking, like whatever they got going on. But a lot of the kids that you meet are just, just trying to be normal kids. Like they Mm -hmm. literally are attempting to be, look normal and and fit in. I, I definitely think as a, whether you're, pastor's kid, president's kid. Mm. Um your dad's in prison, your dad's you know, a lawyer, whatever it is. You kind of want to be normal, mm. right? Yeah. Like you're mm. like I do not want to <laughs> to to stand up at stand out anyway. In mm. in Australia they have this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. Um, which is like the tallest poppies are the ones that get chopped down. Uh-huh. And I think in junior high I definitely felt that where you're like I just want to Mm. go away and just blend in for the next 10 years and then be able to figure out who I am you know so i i felt that but i didn't feel pressure from my folks i think it was just the pressure of trying to figure out who i was as a kid you know yeah
0: which I, which you know i think you're such a contemplative i think about you and how thoughtful you are i think about your music both your solo albums and switchfoot records and I think anyone that knows anything about you knows that it's not surprising in a wonderful way because I can imagine being a thoughtful kid and really realizing you view the world like you do, and we get to benefit from that from your songs. Um, but it would make sense that I could see you going through a season where you're like, "Boy, okay, I, I, there's a lot of things I'm seeing, and how do I think about that?" Where sort of luddites like me that are walking through, like, "Is there Baskin Robbins close?" You know, um, <laughs> it's it's a little one one track. You know,
3: I
2: also I don't know. I've, yeah, I yeah, I think like the Baskin Robbins is definitely <laughs> high on the priority list. <laughs>
3: sure.
2: Um I I found like a few things early on to be really helpful. Uh, so I got really into philosophy um, mm. in in college, especially. I went to UCSD, which um, was, you know, I would say it's like UCLA without a football team, mm. and it was very much academic we didn't it was not a party school it was much more um you know how are your midterms going that kind of question and for me th- that was the most challenging part of that journey because I was you know all these professors it 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 came it kind of came to a head where um I could be whoever I wanted there was mm. no one saying you have to do this you have to do that like I could do what literally anything I wanted. And I, um, I had to come to the kind of the conclusion, well, what do I want? Um, and, 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 you know, who is God? Who am I? All these things kind of came to a head right then. And I think that's, that was that the beginning of that journey for me was um, in college, you know, professors kind of challenging everything that, that I thought was right and then kind of trying to read Kierkegaard and figure out, you know, Kierkegaard or Aquinas or whoever trying to see, okay, I'm not the first person who's, who's struggled with mm, this stuff. Right.
3: Mm, mm.
1: That's, yeah, that's, it's beautiful. interesting and like great to hear. My wife was a pastor's kid as well. Um, and she's a great example. I love my father-in-law and mother-in-law. But, you know, PKs have a, uh, get a certain rap You know, it's got a
2: reputation. Yeah,
1: but it's great. (laughs) There's sort of like that side of it, but there's also like you don't. I don't hear a pastor's kid and think necessarily. Oh, I bet he grew up in a home where uh, anything is possible, and you know, Mm. uh, your your pastor dad will help you learn Stairway to Heaven, and uh, you know go to the school and, and just constant sounds like you were constantly in this environment where like, you know, anything is possible. Listen to, you know, that inner voice. And it was sounded like it was like a slow contemplative sort of walk through life, you know, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily
2: what you would, you know, immediately expect, you know? Yeah, I do feel like we have this, I think it's an American thing but maybe it's a a human thing we want. We want the destination. Mm. Um, We want the result. We want the fast food, you know, like, um, and certainly um, there is some sort of resolve that, that, that Western faith offers. Like it's settled. It is resolved. Here you are, you've arrived. (laughs) I was blind, but now I see. And Mm. I, I don't know that that's helpful all the time because I feel like the only true arrival that we mm. reach in this life is death. That, mm. that is the only place where all tension is alleviated. Mm. And I think every other arrival is, um, it's a learning, growing place that is meant for us to help others. And, and um, it's usually pain that, that mm. is the best educator. And, you know, I I think I still even I mean, gosh, 2020 was a year of doubt and darkness and death and discouragement and a lot of things that start with D, apparently. And for me, it was this thing where (laughs) I was I was just all the things that the, the systems that I had been subtly trusting in that I didn't want to admit I had been trusting in were collapsing. And, um, you know, that's kind of where the record came from. And I think being, being aware that doubt is the other side of faith and that you cannot have a faith without the presence of doubt. Um, all of these things I think are helpful rather than harmful. You know, I think that's a better way
1: to say it is a, is I think more black and white. Like I think of a preacher's kid growing up probably lives in, in a world where it's like, th- we have an explanation for a lot of stuff. It's black and white. And it sounds like you lived in a world where, um, you know, as you said, like I once was blind, but now I see is a little bit more of a complicated statement, you know?
2: So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's helpful when, cause when I hear somebody say that I'm, I'm always excited, but I feel like I don't find myself in that narrative. I'm the guy. I was yep. like, well, I see better. And <laughs> yesterday was a great day today, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: There's, we just had, um, John Mark Comer on. I don't know if you know John Mark that wrote Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which that book is like just a face spanking, but, um, it is profound how much that book challenged me, especially to your point about last year, about the stillness of it, you know, sort of like the, I think for, for, especially for those of us who have lived somewhat of a vagabond existence, you know, a, a, a life in motion, that it's like all of a sudden, and that book deals so much with just like, Jesus never hurried. Like, that's kind mm-hmm. of the shot call from the top, is just like, he just never hurried. He never hurried. Uh, in fact, it blows my mind still in my, this Bible study, I mean, we were just, we're going through John, and, and, and that after he meets the woman at the well, he stayed for two extra days. Which wasn't planned, but he was like, "This is where I got to be right now." And you know, like I just, I, 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 I sympathize so much with the disciples because I'm like, I would have just been such a punk. Like I'm yeah. like, Jesus, we got plans, man. Like yeah. when he asks, like, who gets to sit to your right, I'd have been like, the, like on the shoulders of the guy, like, yeah, like which one of us? You know what I mean? Like I would have been that guy. So it's it's such a cha- that that idea and that sort of ideology is so challenging, and but something that. I took away from that book that's been so hard for me is having to realize that every and John Mark talks about this, but like every moment, God is in every moment. Mm -hmm. In the pain, in the boredom, in the stillness, in the excitement, in the movement, in the shows, in the after show, in the lane, in the hotel, when you're wondering why you're doing this with your life, you know, like all those moments are real moments. They're not just a destination. They're these things on the way that you can be in if you'll just be in them. You know, and I think for me, it's been getting through to the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm. And I think spirituality can be so profound when you can not hurry to be in the moment that is right now. Cause Mm. it's a moment on itself. You know, it's almost like a little eternity in itself if we can slow ourselves down. And so it's, I, I love hearing you say that because I think it's, I do think, you know, kind of what John is alluding to. One of the tricks of being a PK is, um, is that it can feel, and I've really struggled with this. Like everything has a fix. Like every, there's a, there's a skeleton Bible verse key to every problem, you know? And I think as I get older, there's a real beauty. If I will let myself lean into it of like, it's okay. If stuff just hurts, it's okay. If you're sad, it's okay. And and I find even more so as I get older that I feel like that's where Jesus is like, what you're really going to be still for a second and like be said, okay, I'm dude, I'm here. Like, you know, yes, here we go. As opposed to sort of, you know, like it's gotta be like high five American Jesus all the time. There's this really beautiful stillness to like, you know, letting life happen at the pace it does and, and being okay with that, you know, and not sort of trying to go, no, but, Yes, it does, but, you know, comma, let me tell you what happens, in the, you know, as we rise, you know, like a phoenix from the, you know. So I, I think it's really beautiful uh, hearing you say that. Something I've, I've always wondered, um, you know, it, it, thinking about talking to you that I think is really, I would love to hear your takeaways from, especially, again, you thinking about this stuff so much. How have you thought about with, especially, you know, you think about the beautiful letdown, which, I mean i just can we just take a moment of silence for that record which is so funny that was one of the reasons i did a record with john fields a couple of years after that and one of the reasons i was so excited working with him was literally that record because i just thought this sound i mean he showed me in the studio too he's like hey you know that's a keyboard we used on whatever and i was like can i just touch it and he's like nobody touched it. nobody it's same here the
1: i did two records with john fields because of that no way. record yeah is, but i, think I
2: wore that best, yeah, record he? out Oh man, he honored, is. man!
0: Speed, speed demon, that guy. Yes, I mean, I it love is, it. If you've thought it, he's already making it happen. But one of the things that you know, I've let's thought just about stop with for you. a second, though. Like
2: Fields, <laughs> right? Like, because we can all talk about this. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing about Fields is, I'll, I, 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 that's the way I love to make music. Is you just literally you're like, okay, shaker, okay, here we yeah, go, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. oh, guitar, okay, and yeah. and in like half an hour, you have you have played fourteen instruments. Yeah. And you're on to the next song. I love that approach <laughs> what, to music. It, what's funny
1: is that like your demeanor is, is like you're a contemplative, sort of like cerebral, like let's think, you know, and I am very, very slow. I'm a, I'm slow. Like people might think I'm contemplative. No, I'm just slow. <laughs> so like the two of us making a record with fields like going in i i don't know what that experience was going to be like because he is so lightning fast and for those listening who who don't know who john fields is he is an amazing producer who has done we all three of us here have worked with him and he produced the beautiful letdown which is one of the greatest albums of all And that's just a
0: great i mean you you guys nailed i i I could do a whole podcast on that record, I swear I could. But I think the thing that's so unique about that record is it's that wonderful moment when really great songs get really great production. Like, is there anything that makes you more happy than when you have a record that you're like, these songs are great, slash, holy cow, this sounds cool. You know what I mean? Like, that to me is the zenith. That's where everybody's like, you know, and that record is that because of y'all's magic in there. What am I, (laughs) John, I can't say this without laughing. One of my favorite fields. Moments. <laughs> I know what you're gonna bring up, and I was—you know what I'm about
1: to say. I was thinking I want to bring this up, but I don't know how to <laughs> duplicate it on the podcast.
0: So, and I, but I wonder so, if
1: John, if this is your experience. Oh yeah I'm fields. gonna try
0: to not giggle through this because it makes you laugh so hard. Okay, so John Fields was the king of like speed, like we've said. So everything is, which is great for me because I'm the same. I, I, my brain is like really fast so it was so much fun because when we both got going it just was like oh my gosh like it felt like we were avatared together everything was the same colors except for we would get i'd get in the vocal booth <laughs> <and> we'd be <laughs> done with the song and he'd be like and you know he's so he's so matter of fact he'd be like okay cool day we got the, we got the harmonies i got the harmonies. hey let's do some ad libs and then he'd be like and he just hit record and be like well, hey john oh, <clears throat> hey 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 he would be like what and i'd be like uh like you know, because I I'm not that singer. I'm not like ad lib. I'm I sing what the melody is, and I'm done with the song. And he'd be like, I do just sing some ad libs, record. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh um. <clears throat> And I would do, and he would stop, and you go, "What's wrong?" I'd be like, "I don't," um and then recording. And you're not like, oh, 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 oh! He just renders you <laughs> was, defenseless, just like, like I have never felt more shame, smaller, more scared than in those moments because he was so. No, that wasn't cool. Well, I know it's not cool, but then you already. Well, this thing is, it. know, but,
1: it's bumming me out. I'd be at the piano, and he'd be like, dude, that bridge thing, whatever the, the seventh thing, that's bumming me out. Let's, let's switch that up. And, you, and you, I would start to be like, okay, well, what could we... And then, boom, he would just start... John, he's recording.
0: John, he does it. Oh, God. He does it. <laughs> yes <laughs> there were just so many moments like that and i just felt i just i thought it was like a power play at the time i was like this is just him trying to like show that he's the boss and i mean i would just do these licks that sounded like arabic music over major kids. It was like what are you doing with your voice yeah i would just be like throat singing yeah i was so terrified oh, so good. oh my gosh but how had, had a, we had a, a producer just
2: recently um we're working with Uh, with switchfoot with this guy um tony berg he's done like Bridges and people thad cockerel one of our best friends just
0: did a record with with yeah
2: yes that's amazing and we were talking about this experience but he he will do that same thing and my brother was in the room so he he got both sides of it where i i say tony i got a question about the uh," and he presses (laughs) record and i'm like and this literally he looks over (laughs) at my brother and he goes you never let them talk
1: <laughs> slows the whole thing down
2: and
0: i was like oh so i feel like fields might have that same school of thought they definitely they definitely there's no i i, I would put a billion dollars if you asked john he would say well there's a tony bird quote that you never let him to i i would yeah. put all the money in the well, bank they're, huh? they're friends because that is exactly friends yeah oh my gosh Um, so, so, okay, with, I mean, where I was going with that is, is with the success of these records, especially that record that sort of catapults y'all into, you know, sort of the mainstream. And I remember feeling, it was such a unique thing to watch from the sidelines because it was almost like, um, you guys were sort of given like the, uh, the cool, like we're Christians, but we're in the mainstream. We're great guys, but we're also writing songs that are hits, but we have faith and, I remember it felt like just all of Christendom sort of gave y'all to, that key to the kingdom that was like, now you guys, are the, like, start the parade and we'll all try to follow you out into the mainstream where we can try to be cool and relevant or whatever. But, but between that and then, I've always wanted this between that and then the success of the record, like, how did you handle that? Like, how, what was your headspace like knowing, you know, your background's philosophy? Obviously, these are things I'm sure you'd thought about. And then life sort of hands you this. Success, like how how did you guys think about that? How did you process that? Like, what was that like?
2: I was miserable. Mm. That was the most miserable time of the band, mm. and I think it's because when your objectives become uh, swayed by somebody else's objectives, mm. you begin to. Um, you're chasing after goals that aren't your goals and whether or not you achieve them is, is irrelevant. Mm. You have failed period. Yeah. You mm. know um, if you achieve the goal, you failed. If you, if you fail, you failed. <laughs> <laughs> Um And our, you know, I, I wish I could say that, you know, wow, we, we crushed it and we were awesome and we did everything mm. great we had some really great moments and I'm really proud of the music that we made. And I'm so thankful that we our, our friendships survived and hmm. marriages survived and everything. Um, but it, it was really, really difficult to try and um, balance those things. I remember we were in Australia um, to, you know, it's one of those things where you spend so many years trying to light a, a, a match of get this thing to it's start a great burning. Way to say it, yeah. And right, you're yeah. like, oh, oh well, well, you know, and, and you're just like going around <laughs> touring to like 150 people, yes, like trying to see if anything yeah. will catch. And yeah. literally, that was the record where we were like, well, we'll make one one last album, and and then we'll go graduate from college and mm-hmm. and talk about how we used to be in a band. And that record, for so whatever funny. reason, just just caught, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, did you have a sense of that when you were making it? That's a great question. It was funny cuz we um, the beautiful letdown came out 18 years ago this month. Wow. wow. And so we're doing like a live stream for it and Oh, that's great. Yeah, and we that. talked to Fields about it. It was really oh, fun we got so a, fun. got a chance to chat with him. And we met him and the next week started recording. Like it was like this thing where we were like, yeah, well, here's the songs, and then we recorded it in 17 days, including Jeez. mixing. Wow. Everything was done. Wow.
0: Yeah, shocker with fields. Just
2: yeah, right. Um, but it was this. I mean, it it felt really. It felt clean in that everything was done in a way mm-hmm. that we felt very um, present and aware that we wanted it this way. Yeah. It wasn't done for anyone else. Mm-hmm. It was done mm-hmm. because yeah. it felt right. You know, and yep. So even Meant to Live, that was the first song that we tracked. And it felt like, Jeez. you know, we tracked it in the first half of the day. And I remember we had lunch and listened to it. And we we're like, this is going to be a really great record, you know. And I felt like what, whatever happened with it, it was going to be a good record, yeah, you know. And um, But yeah, I don't know that we th- when we got signed to Sony, we thought it was going to be a that kind of a rise. And then mm-hmm. we got dropped from Sony like, you know, before the record even came out. So I felt like all these different things along the way were kind of indicative of the idea that we cannot put our trust in the word of other people, but just continue right. to try and manage what is in our control, make great music that we believe in. And then anything else can happen. But yeah. So I was saying that we we're, you know, you spend so much time lighting fires felt like with that album, it, it, it hit and, and we were touring and touring and touring. And, and at one point we hadn't been home for a long time and, um, we got the call, Hey, Letterman wants you to go play. And Letterman was a big show at the time is like the, the show. And we turned it down cause we were like, we have to go home and see our families wow because we haven't seen them in so long. and. Um, I mean these are the things where you're like you're just at the end of your rope and that's where you don't make good decisions right. you know. Yeah. So yeah, that it was it was a strange period of time and I'm so thankful to be through it, you know, that we mm. that like I said that every, we've all survived it.
1: <laughs> Do you feel like <laughs> the that time I mean I feel like success in music or in this in the entertainment industry especially is so complicated and really kind of toxic uh anyway but like a crossover band from like sort of a the Christian world into the mainstream i i just feel like i this is not from personal experience but outside looking in i just feel like that is such a dicey situation that i i was so happy to see it happen like, as a, mm. as a believer and as a fan of Switchfoot, that record getting huge. I, like, we're all like, yes, this, these are like our guys. But at the same time, and now, you know, being older and looking at that situation, I'm like, man, that is just a dicey road. And, but I'm mm. curious, do you feel like, would you say that after that crazy ride, you guys came down and found what you had before? Or was it a situation where it's like there's no going back to pre-Beautiful Letdown? Like, that's sort of a fire that burned off some things and we have to find some new way
2: out of it as a band. Well, the ego is such a funny thing because you're, <laughs> you're, it's a, it's, you're chasing ghosts. Right. Um, and it, you know, we go, it goes back to junior high, you know, you want to be liked, you want to be in with the cool kids. totally And, um, are the cool kids intrinsically better? You know, is, is that band that happens to be the flavor of the month? Are they better? Or is it just that, you know, that they happen to be the flavor of the month and then what is trendy and what is transcendent? Um, Wow. These are all the things that, like, I feel like at the crux of even the gospel, you have this fact that um, Christ is transcendent and yet threatening to anything that's trendy. You know, he's never going to be cool. I I hate that expression because I don't think, I think cool is disposable. Cool is something that you will one day look back and go, oh, my gosh, I thought that I was cool. (laughs) yeah when i I was wearing that, and I totally. literally thought that I was
1: cool. People who are dressing cool are always ashamed and should be yes. by their pictures five years ago.
2: yeah, and we all have that experience where you're like, oh dude right. i I thought I was so cool, you know and i I think that that's what like love i mean it, I guess you have to redefine cool if you think that laying your life down for your friends is cool. I think it's this thing where you're like no that that feels Important and life changing and monumental, but I don't know if it's if it's cool, you know. Right. So that's that was our our journey was kind of, um, and I think still the journey is like, well, how do we make music that we believe in that feels like it speaks to the moment that we're in, mm. and yet isn't um, disposable, you know, three years from
0: now. Mm. Right. So speaking of the moment we're in, what's the segue? <laughs> anyway speaking of the moment you know when you release a record this year you know that that um i'm assuming you wrote last year is that right the
2: yeah departures was pretty much a
0: 2020 album okay so so what was 2020 like for you like what was it like to be still what was it like to be home so much you know obviously it was the year of the letter d but you know what was sort of your uh what, what kind of inspired the record and then what was it you found yourself thinking about? You know, last year, how did it affect you? You know, your family, etc.
2: Yeah. So, um, 2020 was—it's was strange. So we started with this. Our 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 last show of 2020 was this this cruise ship. We played we played the Rock Boat.
0: We oh, I the, rock boat. the Yeah, we, we both we're both uh, yeah. alumni. Dude,
2: it was so fun. We'd never done it, and we were like, "I don't know, out to sea. That sounds like a bad idea." It, but we did it. Was it, it seven days? Is it still seven um, days? It I used think to so. be like yeah. three
1: days, and then they extended it. No, it was longer. Yeah. It was
2: longer. But we caught like the tail end because we had a show at the beginning. Oh, okay. But it was, it was strange because we we were hearing all about, you know, this virus and this illness, but but we were on a boat. Yeah. And it felt like, you know. You, when you're on a boat in the middle of the Caribbean, none of that really seems like it's true. <laughs> and then we came home and and that was it and and it it was um it's it's strange because I feel like it is the most monumental thing that's happened in any of our lifetimes. Yeah. You know, and yet it is not remarkable in that we all experienced it so anything Mm. that i say about my experience is like yeah that's very much everyone um i think for me it was really to be in a have a job where we have like we have a team of people that we love and it's a family and um we had the choice do we just fire everyone and walk away for a couple years um or do we continue to try and support families and kids and all of this and that's we chose that route and so but the, that financial pressure um I definitely felt that um just you know that was that and and I think that weight of just the unknown and where are we headed I think all of that kind of for me found its way into these late night studio sessions where I just grab a guitar and try and emote these feelings of that. I couldn't really enunciate any, any other way other than the song. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where departures came from.
0: What was it like? Uh, what was your family? You know, what was the last year being homes? I, we've done a few um, podcasts with musician friends over the last couple of weeks. And it's always so fascinating to me, you know, cause Nashville is such a big country, you know, yeah. countries and they, you know, they're the weekend warriors and, you know, so many people are gone and very, I think very functional ways, but they're gone a lot, you know, these, what was it like for y'all to be around so much like with your kids, your spouses, you know, what, what was mm. that like? Well, it's funny. Yeah. I, I mean, all
2: of my friends, I mean, I, we run in the same circles, maybe a lot more LA folks for me, but same thing where, um, you know, you're talking to your buddies and some of them are like, yeah, my wife wants me gone, you know, (laughs) we've never done this before. She's ready for me to hit the road. Yeah. I felt, um, for me personally, this was a year that was a gift because Mm. I, I, um, been married for 19 years and Mm. none of those years have had this much time home. Yeah. And it felt like, and that, you know, quite frankly, is a, is a struggle. You know, Mm -hmm. marriage is not an easy thing. And, um, this felt like a year of victory where we're like, yeah, mm. all right, we can, we can do this. We're, mm. we're okay. You know, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, um, I do, I'm so thankful for, for the community that I have. I think it brought all these things to the surface mm. that, that are just so thankful for music. So thankful to be able to have this outlet to, I mean, I was so thankful for zoom Talking mm. to friends, right. you know, mm. I've never been thankful for Zoom before. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even yeah. heard of Zoom before, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, how many kids do you have now? You have two. I've, I've two. I have a son who is two and a daughter who's just turned nine. Oh, Jeez. okay, okay. And did they? I mean, did
1: did your daughter go out on the road with you at all? Were your wife and daughter um, traveling with you?
2: Yeah, we we um not often, but they were out with us in Florida right before the, the cruise ship thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it, it is a strange thing. Cause I, I, loved being home, hmm. you know, for maybe the first time ever home hmm. always meant failure for wow. Me hmm. Because yeah. home meant that I didn't actually have anyone that wanted to hear us play.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I totally and so, get that
2: and like the last time we were home this month like this long was like when i would be living at my parents house and mm-hmm. that was that was a different form of failure where you're like <laughs> yep still here <laughs> so what what was 9 years ago becoming a dad what was that like oh my daughter is incredible um i think Nine years ago, yeah, I I tell everyone it's like you see you see these couples, I, I in Nashville all the time, like the baby stroller, they both have a coffee. Maybe they might have just bought like a onesie, and they're walking down the street, and it's like they have no idea that there's just this atom bomb that's just going to explode, <laughs> and it's you know you're like that's the most beautiful explosion that i've ever been a part of but it absolutely shatters everything and rebuilds it upside down you know yeah yeah, so even
1: 10 years into a marriage and you're you guys were a long way into a career like you you're as like smooth sailing as you could possibly be and it was still was it still like a, a
2: shift well so our our daughter was born on my wife and I, our anniversary, like on the no day, way. no way. Yeah, so literally, that makes the math really easy. Right, <laughs> um, but I, I question, like everyone says, wait to have kids, and and that's what we did. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I wonder if just having when you're when you're young and <laughs> crazy, and you're like, yeah. I'm getting up all times of the night anyway yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i i I wonder if that's if you got more energy when you're young or or because I think marriages are these these things where it's like um two rivers flowing down the mountain um that you kind of have to give each other the room to change and and grow and become something different you It's a contract to continue to love each other, not a contract that you'll never change, you know, and right. I feel like at any point during the marriage with kids, without kids, there's so much change that you're negotiating within you and, and without you. So mm. I don't know that there's, I have, I guess what I'm saying is I have no advice. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: No. You, you, you're on the right podcast. You've this is more lamenting right than it yeah. is. Uh, I'm the guy who's like, like don't do what I did. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. It is. I, I do feel like one of the things that's always so fascinating about what we each do in music Kids are, you know, they're such a fascinating, as you said, um, atom bomb. Because I think, you know, when your career is sort of the (laughs) self-promotion, you know, like gauntlet, the perspective that children bring is so humbling. And it's so like, you know, um, it's so eye-opening. I mean, we were talking to one of our friends the other day, who's a musician, um, and he said, he's like, don't get me wrong, but I just don't care it, like I used to, you know, like I love my career. I love the band I'm in. It means the world to me, but it doesn't matter near as much as it used to. Yeah. And so it, it, it is a funny thing. Um, to, you know, I remember like way back in the day before I was even married, but you know, you'd hear record execs or some industry people like, you know, just, you want to wait till you get married. Cause you know, they can be real career killers, you know, and you think about like kids or like, if, If that's the you know, if that's the coffin, the kids are the nail in the coffin, it's kinda like so it's always fascinating to me how people sort of how we each as artists and sort of entrepreneurs and self promotion, you know, machines, you chuck these little things into it that you suddenly go like, Oh funny, I just don't care as much about that anymore. How how it's one really helpful because I I love I mean, back to what you began the podcast with, but just perspective, you get this wicked amount of perspective because you're like Man, it's a relief that I don't have to think about myself as much. It's a relief that I don't, you know. But there's also <laughs> these are you comparing things. the kids to the ju- juvenile white sharks? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's actually what I've given my youngest nickname, <laughs> DJ Juvenile White Shark. Um, but you know, it, it is funny. It's it's a weird to your point. It's like, do you do, do, you do it younger? where your whole trajectory as in a career in a marriage starts with a family. So it's just already set. Do you get going? And then it's you know, and God has different plans for all of us, but there are really weird bonuses and I'm sure really hard things about each, you know, but it does feel like in our industry, more than not, people tend to wait a little longer, you know, like they, they tend to sort of want to get everything off the ground and established. And then you sort of bring the kids in and it becomes, you know, a different thing at that point. But they just change so much. They they change yeah. so much in of my headspace and, and how you think about everything, you know?
2: Yeah. And I I think, you know, that perspective is huge. My my daughter is the my favorite A and R person. <laughs> she is ruthless and brutal. And we play this game where i'll I'll play her a new song. I write a ton of songs and and i just she she on the way to school, she'll be like, "Um, if I'm lucky, she'll be like, "Hey, Dad, play me what you did yesterday." and I w- I'll be like, "All right, you and know you're so, so nervous I put it on and we do thumbs <laughs> and she'll just be no. like this, and then like halfway through the song she'll be just like <laughs> i and, love how, and the, the I love the looking out the window it, that you just did like yeah, the yeah. best thing is she she's not. It means nothing to her. Yes, There's no yes. like malice. She doesn't mean to break so my what, heart. So what's the success yes. rate
1: out of any given ten songs? How many thumbs up do
2: you get? Well, and, and it's funny too, where she'll be very particular about things. Hmm. Um, she hates the first song on on my solo record that just came out. <laughs> I wrote it for her uh, Side note, I have by to say I,
1: I, cause I was listening to it today it, It's so cool And there's so like the harmonies For those who music nerds who care about this kind of stuff I felt like the harmonies were always doing something slightly different Than what the ear is expecting It, it was really, really cool But go on So well, thank I just you. want to give you one I of w- these right here you- That's a thumbs okay, up for you You need to
2: talk, <laughs> talk to my daughter Maybe you can uh, talk her into it she made me make a playlist of, of the, the record without that song <laughs> No, on it no, for her no, so that no. she never has to hear it again. Oh, Here, here's what's great about I, that,
1: because I feel like uh, the, the nine-year-old son would be like, I don't know, Dad, I just don't like that one. But the nine-year-old yeah. daughter is like, no, 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 I want you to make me a separate playlist. Take that song yes. off. I don't know what this yes, like. No. Can't imagine what she's gonna be like when she's like fifteen. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is this judicious. Uh, you just said it, John. That 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 is so true. kids. There is this part you can really trust to, though. Yeah. With, yeah. With your music it's an because they There's don't. No baggage there. Yes, because they're not going. Yeah, and you can. It's even when they're really young, like my four year old. I can watch him listen to a song, and I'm like, "Oh, he's losing interest." Look at his body, because he'll kind of, and I'm like, "Okay, that chorus sucks." They can be so. Yeah, I I mean, they're gonna be like,
1: "What are you gonna do? Not feed me?" I mean, of course I'm gonna tell you my opinion. Oh yeah, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) You wanted an opinion, right? Not feed
2: me. It sucks. Yeah. Oh my god. How long? Can we also just have a?
0: Yeah. well, and, you know, I want to give a little shout-out to Madison Cunningham, who I am slightly obsessed with. I mean, I, I, I know she's on the record, and what a mutant of talent mm-hmm. that girl yes, is. Yes,
2: I know. What a treat she is.
0: She is incredible. So, I do
2: you know Tyler? I don't. Tyler Chester, he's, he's the guy who produces her. And years ago, when she was, like, you know 17 or something he's like you gotta check out my friend madison cunningham and i was like okay i mean ty and tyler is a monster he plays with blake mills and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah yeah and i was like coming from tyler i gotta i gotta check you know check yeah. her out and yeah. So I've known her for years and she is she's just incredible. She's always been that way too. So tasteful.
0: She popped up in my like, you know, Spotify Discovery playlist probably two years ago, like right kind of around when she released that album. Yeah. And I I it, it genuinely blew my mind. Like I became a disciple. I told so many of my friends, and it was so much fun because you know there's that music you find where everybody gets it. Like yeah. all of my music friends heard yeah. and were like Oh yeah, this is amazing. No, it's it's
2: so wild because we've done a couple shows with her, and the entire backstage clears out because everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta go go out. (laughs) You gotta go. (laughs) You gotta listen to (laughs) listen to Maddie. What's Maddie gonna do tonight? You know? Yeah.
0: Gosh, she's good. I mean, you 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 hear you know these are always very trite, and you have to be careful by these comparisons. But the Joni Mitchell thing, you just can't. She's got that sort of thing, that sort of otherworldly. Somehow we were blessed with this sort of music angel that thinks and plays and writes in this really cool way. Yeah. Um, I, I was so yeah. excited she was on the record because, and I know she's, isn't she out there? She's LA or San Diego. She's somewhere yep. around there. She right? yeah. grew up in Orange County and lives yeah. in LA. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's she's great. I love that you're. I'm gonna laugh at that all day. (laughs) The thumbs down. Oh yeah. So
2: she'll be so specific. She's like, she's like the pre-chorus is is just not happening. Or she'll be like, "What is what is that at the top end? You need to mute that." (laughs) Wow, she's getting into it. Very specific. Yeah, and Uh, it's so fun because she'll be like, you know, I don't that parts. You kind of sw- swung it a little bit. You shouldn't
0: do that. Dude, no. Like very specific no, musical No, that's legitimate feedback. A&R. That's oh, legitimate yeah. A&R.
2: It's, it's, it's like production 101, and you're like, it's it definitely, most of the time she's right. And is she, so, it, I assume she's so like, funny.
1: she plays music if she's giving you feedback like that?
2: She loves music. She, she um, yeah, I mean she listens to it all the time and sings to it and all the time. Have you
1: tried cuz I'm I've got an 8-year-old uh, and a 5-year-old and I'm at that point where like my 8-year-old's starting to like write some little songs on the piano yep. and yep. she's uh, you know messing around with some guitar chords and stuff like that and I but I feel like I am dealing with like an atom bomb. I'm like I don't want to mess this up. I started playing when I was 4 years old. And that's too early, so I didn't want to do that. But I got to get her started at some point, and like, I, I I'm in that yeah. phase right now. Like, have you, has she tried to do
2: some guitar stuff? And then, but you're not forcing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in that zone, but I do think it's just what you're surrounded yeah. by. If you go to the beach every day, you're gonna surf. Yeah, you know, mm. like it's it's just you're gonna, gonna see happen. a white shark. You know. Yeah. Yeah and and i think i've i've had that approach with my daughter at the beach too where i'm like let's go right. come on right. you got mm. this and and i think it's better if if it's
0: coming from her you know what what have you found with with both of them what do you think is like this is kind of a, a broad question but what do you think is the most challenging thing you know is there anything mm. that's kind of surprised you that way or has it been something you saw but you know what what's the thing you're sort of like oof man this is always tricky this part of parenting
2: well I think, um, I heard my friend is the, you, you actually, you should have him on your podcast. His name is Frank Tate mm. and he, he used to run five minute walk records, oh, which, yes, five Dude. iron oh, yeah. and all those. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so, but he, he's incredible and he, he was, um, he was an orphan as a kid adopted and kind of grew up with the dream of being a dad <clears throat> and so has a very interesting perspective on all this and I was talking with him yesterday and he was saying your job as a dad is to be an editor not a writer Jeez, and that you're your your goal should be to point out the things that are incredible. Yeah. Like you're a producer to right. put it in music terms. Yeah, you're the guy who's great. like, "Hey, the bridge isn't working, but the chorus is amazing. Let's mm. let's highlight this. Let's rewrite that. Let's. Mm. What do you got for for lyrics? You know. Mm. That's great. And I love that. I feel like that helped yeah. me because then, and it also allows her to be her rather mm. than me trying to make her into something that I can understand. I uh, just you know, you can say, wow, you're amazing at that. How incredible that you can do that. Not Because he pointed out that the things that, that our kids can do that come easy to them, they don't know that it's incredible. Right? They wow. think it just came yeah. easy. You know, like the things that we love to do don't feel amazing. They just feel like something we love yeah. to do. And mm-hmm. so I, I think with both of my kids, the challenge is to um, see them for who they are in the moment and to kind of praise the things that are happening just of their own accord and, and point them out to them like,
0: Hey, that was amazing. Not, not everyone can do yeah, that. I love that. That's so good. That There is something that, um, that has been really interesting. And I know you know this with your daughter, as your kids really get into that age, like I have a, I have a son who's nine and, um, man, it's so humbling to see him, be who he is in some ways that i'm like high five and heck yes he loves soccer he loves the team i love like it's all happening right to plan and then there's other parts where i'm like oh man this i don't know about that i don't i'm not like that and instead and i love that thought at that point and it's always like this but it's always been such a humble reminder to me that this is who he is Mm mm-hmm and, and all I can do is just kind of go, maybe like shave that little part off. Okay. Watch that little piece. Okay. And then and, and instead of going, be like me, you know, yeah. be the redeemed version <laughs> of me, you know, <laughs> which, but, yeah. you know, but instead, and it's really humbling. And I think something that maybe you didn't even said enough in parenting and, and arguably, especially the dad is that there is this sort of heartbreak we have when you realize your kid isn't, the thing you thought they might be or the, or the thing that you hoped they would turn into at some point. But I think that's the beautiful, as you were saying, that piece where you go, well, that's not, I'm here to help them be whoever that is. The the, the best, most realized version of whoever that is, not the little, pro, my little, uh, what did somebody say? Like my own little salvation project. Totally. Really yeah. about me. I realized yeah. that doing
1: this podcast and having a couple of like professionals on who basically have pointed out to me through the questions that I brought, where they're like, look, th- all of that is just your issues. Like, your daughters are fine. Like, you're just trying to yeah. turn them into, like, the, the little people who do the things right that you did wrong, you know?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's yeah. right. That's exactly um, right. That's exactly, yeah. I, I've
1: got one last question. We always end these uh, interviews with two, the same two questions that we'll get to, but I, I have one question that I'm curious if, if there's anything in your upbringing, in your childhood, like a memory that you have that you could bring your kids to and like flashback mm. for like two minutes and they could see this thing that happened to you, not change it or anything like this,
3: but, the, but mm. show them, what would that be? Who? that's a great question. Um.
2: The the images that flash through the, my mind concerning that would be either going to uh, like extremes, like a moment of extreme doubt, mm. um, a moment of extreme joy, mm-hmm. or a moment of of extreme shame. Even mm. like, are those that. You know, am I trying to like and then the question comes, am I trying to explain or justify some portion of myself?
3: Right.
2: Um, I think. The. The you know, if I could go anywhere and just bring them to the moment, I think I think of the ocean as a mm. kid how amazing it would be to be your the same age as your kids mm. experiencing the ocean together huh. mm. that seems like <laughs> a, a pretty beautiful yeah. moment that's cool
0: mm. yeah i love that like okay yeah, yeah. I, I can't i i've i've I almost started to cry so we've moved on quickly that's how my brain works <laughs> um so <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so beautiful um so we ask these two questions uh, as we kind of wrap up. I'll ask you the first one. What is the one thing you want your kids to know? That they are loved, beloved. Last love question. That. You're doing great, by the way. <laughs>
3: what What do you want your kids to say at your funeral? Ah. Hmm. Um,
2: yeah, I think that, that they felt dearly, deeply loved and known Mm. by me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, and I, 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 I hope that there's a lot of laughter as, um, I want to be the type of person that can laugh at himself. Mm. My friend, um, used to live basically next door to us when his kids are a little older than mine, I look up to him in a lot of ways. And whenever anything would go wrong, his first instinct was to just laugh like, oh, 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 oh. you know, and, and I have tried to adopt that because I feel like anything else I say in that moment is not the right move. But laughter can buy you like at least 10 seconds. Oh, oh, oh. As the car's on
0: fire. it's laugh.
2: yes and and then okay now i can respond and so i would hope that in the funeral there'd be a lot of laughter
0: nervous Mm. laughter and otherwise you know that's Mm. great that's beautiful gosh well thank you so much for coming on and congrats on the new record you know it's always wonderful and beautiful and i'm thrilled that people get to hear it um means like you came on such
1: fans thank you so much
0: thank you guys for having
2: me honored to talk talk story i want to go surfing i've only i've only tried it
1: once it was actually in australia and uh it did not go well
2: but i'm willing to try again next time you're in san diego (laughs)
0: let's do it